Hello, I'm Fiona Wilson, Founder and Managing Director of FJ Wilson Talent Services. I am super excited to welcome you to the first in our six-part series of podcasts, which are all designed for our clients, namely employers. We hope that this series will provide helpful and bite-sized information for hiring managers, in-house recruiters and HR professionals when they get involved in recruitment. Our first episode focuses on exploring why is providing a vacancy brief just so important to recruitment success. I've invited Shara Beckley, who has worked with our team previously for interview training, to to produce today's episode with me. Shara, welcome and hello. Great to be working with you again. Hello, Fiona. Let's great to be working with you again. And just before I say let's get into it, let's start by providing the listener a brief insight into what FJ Wilson does. Yeah, of course. Our team at uh, FJ Wilson are number one experts in specialist and senior appointments across a range of specialisms. And second, we provide consultancy and training to in-house teams and hiring managers. Awesome. And it's also worth highlighting for listeners as we are recording this episode during the coronavirus times in June 2020 is the fact that FJ Wilson are also experts in remote working. And this has always been the model since the business was founded back in 2009. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. All of our team are UK-based, working out of home offices, and are vastly experienced now in working virtually and remotely, interviewing and communicating over video and digital platforms. Great. So your decade of running a remote-based team places you in a position of true authority when helping support and guide hiring managers and in-house teams in the coronavirus times when most have been forced to work remotely for the first time um, and also those digital platforms have become increasingly adopted for recruitment. Yeah for sure it's what we do and have done every day for over 10 years. So this first podcast episode focuses on the importance of providing a vacancy brief. Fiona, why is a vacancy brief so important? Why isn't a job description simply enough? That's a fair question, Shara, and one that often comes up when hiring managers have already spent considerable time writing or editing a job description for their vacancy. To start with, if the vacancy isn't straightforward in some way and therefore requires a dedicated search focus to unearth relevant candidates, then a briefing is, of course, critical in the planning and design phase for the resourcing activity. Right. And and can you unpack that point for me, Fiona? I mean, what makes a vacancy complex and difficult to source relevant candidates? Well, many aspects can make a vacancy fall under the hard-to-fill category. Uh, Examples that spring to mind would be a very specialist role, one perhaps with an unusual job title that is not readily understood um, in, in the marketplace, perhaps an unusual combination of responsibilities for the role. It could be that there's a very tiny candidate pool who would ever fit the role requirements or indeed uh, a difficult to detect candidate pool 
the salary, if it's much lower than the marketplace rate, of course, poses a problem. And if the natural supply of candidates are, for example, contractors, when the vacancy mm. in question is a permanent role, it then becomes a conundrum. The list, of course, goes on uh, in terms of potential complexities. Goodness, um, absolutely. And in these scenarios, that certainly would require a dedicated search effort. Um, I, I can totally understand then how a vacancy brief would really enable the recruiter to plan and design an effective search, you know, to identify relevant candidates by exploring the role in a lot more detail with the hiring manager. And also, I guess, to genuinely consult with them, right? Namely, discussing and agreeing the various candidate profiles that could fit. Yeah, that's right. A good briefing discussion is critical to a well thought out and successful search effort. Hmm. And I suppose just on that, that there's always a need for a good brief to be provided to enable a recruiter to screen and brief candidates effectively before even presenting them to the hiring manager for review. Um, And that this is important whether or not the candidate or candidates have been easy to attract in the first place. Am I correct? Yes, yes. I mean, the recruiter's job is to ensure they're providing a service to their clients, Mm. whether they're in an in-house position or an agency position. The recruiter's job is to assess the suitability of the candidate for the role, the context, the organisation. And their job is, of course, also to represent the employer brand professionally and positively to the outside world. Totally. And and simply working off a job description wouldn't enable them to have that level of dialogue required at the screening and briefing stage, right? Yeah. And so presumably, Fiona, the hiring manager can also ensure in the briefing session with the recruiter that alongside cascading greater information, they can be super clear that the recruiter truly understands the role and fit to secure optimum attraction, optimum engagement, and superior matching of candidates. Yeah, spot on. (laughs) After all, whoever is responsible for marketing and resourcing for the vacancy is the communicator and representative of the vacancy and, of course, the employer to the outside world. They're the custodian if you will, of the employer brand in that instant to the outside world. Hmm. And that makes absolute sense. And so I guess switching gears slightly, in your informed professional opinion, having a deep vacancy brief discussion is always a necessary investment of time from both the hiring and recruiter Yeah, absolutely. The cost, both directly and indirectly, of hiring the wrong person can, of course, be substantial. And whilst hiring the right person can never be 100% assured, there are certainly various steps in the recruitment cycle to help reduce significantly the amount of times it just doesn't work out. Agreed. And the negative impact of getting hiring wrong, I guess, is well known. Yeah, I mean, when a, when a role is senior or specialist, the uh, recruitment process naturally is also more involved and accepted as such. 
And senior and specialist candidates always wish to have a more insightful view of the context around what is outlined and described in a JD. And therefore, a clear and deep briefing is, again, always vital. And a point I think worth making here, however, is that there are many roles and vacancies that fall into this hard-to-fill category. And in this situation, a recruiter often has to work simply much harder in the dialogue with the candidate to develop and um, to attract and engage candidates for a role that is out of kilter in some way with the market. Right. Thanks, Fiona. And actually, a quick example that comes to mind from one of the case studies I've seen on your website, and a small side note for our listeners, if you don't know, the website is www.fjwilsontalent.com, and case studies can be found under the Adding Value menu. Fiona, the case study of Linda Asamoah, who is Director of HR at the Royal College of Physicians, encapsulates this point. Could you, could you share that with our listeners? Thanks, Sarah. That's a, that's a really good example, I think, of where a briefing played a critical part in successful recruitment to a role that required some skills truly in short supply, namely for a learning and organisational development role with a 50-50 split between those two disciplines. When um, the Royal College of Physicians first advertised the role, there was absolutely no shortage of candidates with L&D skills, but getting the OD part, the organisation development aspect, was far more difficult, and they didn't appoint. And in the case study, Linda really highlights and stresses how the briefing meeting Uh, enabled a quite a searching discussion about the role such as who will the person have to influence and negotiate with who will they need to demonstrate their skill set to and so on and this discussion and consultation really helped Linda think about what she really wanted Uh, would she be comfortable with someone who is perhaps more a learning facilitator facilitator than an OD specialist and why was the role important in an organisational context and Linda appreciated that as a recruiter we were making sure that we were getting a 360 degree appreciation of the role the team and the organisation and all of this knowledge combined of RCP's needs then translated into a good selection of candidates who had been screened and briefed about both the vacancy and RCP and the best candidate was ultimately offered and and accepted. Right thanks for walking us through that example Fiona. It's it's really interesting Um, and also one of the things that I've been reading about is the difference on engaging and attracting passive or active candidates. Could you clarify sort of what the difference is between those two? Yeah, sure. I mean, an active candidate is one who is actively looking for a new role, perhaps someone who's already involved in another or other recruitment processes. And a passive candidate is exactly that word, passive. They're not looking for a new opportunity and therefore more work on behalf of the recruiter is involved to identify them in the first place, as well as to attract and engage that type of candidate. 
for example, often the uh, candidate's CV won't be on jobs boards, their profile may not be up to date, and the recruiter has to put far more effort and time into both finding and engaging this type of professional Thanks for clarifying. Um, and just quickly going back to the topic of case studies, for listeners who are interested, there's another really good case study on a senior candidate placed at the ACC, ACCA called Nigel Smith. And this clearly demonstrates just how much work was involved in engaging and attracting a completely mm. passive candidate in the recruitment process. Yeah, genuine thought needs to be put put on sort of part of the recruiter into the composition of the approach and the adverts and how the briefing and screening is structured. And the recruiter needs to have literally every weapon at their disposal to match accurately for both parties, the employer and the candidate. And that becomes very pronounced, I think, in the passive candidate situation. Totally. It's all very interesting and I can already and clearly understand there are substantial advantages of a hiring manager investing the additional time in providing a vacancy brief from our discussion today. Presumably, and again, switching gears slightly, presumably a briefing can also include sensitive information that cannot be contained on a JD or job description but which the recruiter needs to bear in mind when developing the screening questions. You're absolutely right here. I mean, the hiring manager, of course, also needs to ensure that the recruiter is 100% clear which pieces of information should absolutely remain confidential and which, if any, can be relayed to prospective um, candidates. Hiring managers can, of course, consider whether they need the agency to sign a non-disclosure agreement or indeed candidates in the process where highly sensitive information or situations um, have have sort of arisen. And we provided a detailed guide for hiring managers on how to provide a good briefing encapsulating this aspect in our employer resources section on our website, which we've already um, signposted listeners to. Awesome. And so to recap, the three main benefits, if I was to sort of boil it down to three for a hiring manager in investing the extra time to provide a vacancy brief are, firstly, it provides the assurance that whoever is responsible for marketing and resourcing the vacancy actually gets it. And therefore, they can design and plan the best attraction and research date to target active and passive candidates. Then there's the question around, you know, a greater understanding of the brief also enables the recruiter to design the most appropriate screening questions. This, of course, results in stronger long listing and better short listing, you know, saving time for the hiring manager so they only interview well-matched and highly engaged candidates. And finally, A clear brief, of course, equips the recruiter to effectively brief and engage candidates throughout the recruitment process. Sarah, a wonderful recap. All agreed. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for those 
very clear three takeaways for um, listeners that have emerged, I think, from our from our discussion today. And thank you, of course, for being involved in our first ever podcast episode and series. <laughs> thank you, my pleasure. <laughs> so to you, our listener, we hope that we have provided some genuine takeaways from today's podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, please do like it and share it to your networks to help other professionals and, of course, increase the visibility of our brand in the marketplace. If you would like to explore how we could help you when you are hiring or to explore how we could support the development of your in-house recruitment capacity, do get in touch. Our next podcast for employers will focus on the all-important attracting of candidates. Until then, take care and stay safe. <laughs>